Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, June 2nd, and this is your FT News Briefing. Finance is getting battered by U.S. regulators. And hey, looks like the U.S. isn't going to default on its debt after all. But boy, it was a doozy getting to this point. Plus, Ukraine is increasing its attacks on Russia ahead of its spring counteroffensive. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The world's largest cryptocurrency exchange has lost a quarter of its market share in the past three months. The decline comes at a time when Binance is running into tougher commercial competition and it's facing a regulatory crackdown in the U.S. New York state watchdogs banned Binance from issuing its own stablecoin and U.S. federal regulators are suing the crypto exchange. The U.S. government looks like it's on its way to passing a bill that raises the debt ceiling. If the deal is signed into law, it means the country will not default on its debt, something that would have been economically catastrophic. To explain more about where this battle over the debt ceiling has left U.S. politics, I'm joined by the FT's Washington Bureau Chief James Politi. Hi, James. Hey, thanks for having me. So, James, this deal was really brokered by Democratic President Joe Biden and Republican House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. There were some concerns that McCarthy wouldn't be able to wrangle enough support from his own party members to get this through the House. How significant is it that he was able to pull this off? Well, it's definitely really significant for global investors and the world's economy because it was one of the biggest sources of uncertainty out there was whether... McCarthy had the influence, the medal, the power to actually be able to get a controversial, ultimately, bill for his party through the House of Representatives to prevent a default on on U.S. debt. And, you know, after negotiating with President Biden, they struck a deal and he was able to get it through the House. And so I think there's a lot of relief that actually he was perhaps more powerful and politically able and more in control of his uh, rocky Republican caucus than, than we thought at the, at the beginning of the year. So what does this fight over the debt ceiling tell us about the polarization in American politics? Well, it tells us that the level of political tension is high enough to have brought us to the brink of default for the first time in 12 years, which is really a risk that seems kind of irresponsible But ultimately, the center held in American politics in this instance, that both Democrats and Republicans, even, you know, under the heavy influence of Donald Trump, decided that it was better to strike a deal than to see the, the fallout from a potential default. And I think in some ways that's encouraging in the current environment, whether that holds after this, I think, remains to be seen. So, James, it looks like this is going to get signed into law. Now that this drama is almost in the rearview mirror, what did it do to the U.S.'s economic and financial reputation? Anything? In some ways, it's, it's been less damaging than it was in 2011 when there was actually a market crash at the time of the you know, final votes on the Hill. And there was a downgrade uh, by Standard & Poor's of the U.S. Uh, AAA credit rating, which we didn't have uh, this time around. 
So I think they managed to limit the damage, but it certainly has been unseemly that once again, we are back on the brink of default here in the U.S. And, you know, after all, U.S. treasuries are the bedrock of the strength of the dollar and the, the dollar status as a re- reserve currency. And it could really be harmful over, over a long period of time if, if these crises keep getting contracted. And I think there's going to be a push, you know, especially among Democrats, to try to see if there's a way to neutralize the debt ceiling forever and make sure that it's no longer a factor and can't be used by Republicans to try to extract concessions in the future. James Politi is the FT's Washington bureau chief. Thanks, James. Thanks so much. Inflation in the Eurozone fell to its lowest level since Russia invaded Ukraine just over a year ago. Annual consumer prices in the euro currency block rose 6.1% in May, year-on-year. That's down from 7% in April. Economists say the drop in core inflation was largely due to Germany launching a subsidized ticket for public transportation, which slowed down rising prices for transport services. First, there was the mysterious drone attack on the Kremlin last month. Then... Earlier this week, drones hit the Russian capital again. There was also a drone attack on a Russian spy ship in the Black Sea. FT Ukraine correspondent Chris Miller says these are what are being called shaping operations. Shaping operations are essentially the preparations that take place before any major forward thrust or ground counteroffensive, right? So these are strikes on command and control centers, logistical hubs, maybe Russian air defense systems, things that would ultimately be used by Russia in its defenses or even its own offenses and make it difficult for Russia to better defend itself when Ukraine's counteroffensive gets underway in earnest. And, he says, the long-awaited spring counteroffensive is coming. There have been numerous Ukrainian strikes deep within Russian-controlled territory in eastern Ukraine and in southern Ukraine. The Ukrainians are clearly trying to knock out logistical centers, command and control centers, generally to disrupt Russia's defensive plans. We've also seen, you know, Russia ramping up its own airstrikes. We've seen, you know, some movement around the front line in the east of Ukraine, around the city of Bakhmut, which Russia has managed to seize full control over, but has lost some ground around the northern and southern flanks of the city. So it does look like Kiev is trying to probe Russia's defensive lines here and there to sort of gauge where its weaknesses are as it gears up for the true counteroffensive, which is a, a more major ground advance. So what would Ukrainians regard as a successful counteroffensive? There was a large section of territory in eastern Ukraine, in Donetsk and Lugansk regions, that had been occupied for eight years prior to this full-scale invasion. I think a lot of Ukrainian officials would consider a successful counteroperation being one that sees Ukrainian forces get closer to liberating those territories and even encroaching on them or the border of Crimea in the south. That would mean a significant advance, territorially speaking. And it, it would certainly put pressure on the Kremlin and deeply embarrass Russia's military. 
Chris Miller is a Ukraine correspondent for the FT. He was speaking with the FT's chief foreign affairs commentator, Gideon Rockman, for the Rockman Review podcast, which comes out every Thursday. We'll have a link to the episode in the show notes. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Jess Smith. It helped this week from Sam Giovinco, Breen Turner, Katie McMurrin, David De Silva, Michael Lello, and Gavin Coleman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio, and our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.